This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, we are joined by another phenomenal guest. In fact, this particular guest is not only one of my favorite people on the face of the planet, he's also the person who has appeared more often than any other guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. So who is my guest of today? Well, my guest is a lovely gentleman by the name of Dove Barron. Twice cited as one of Inc. Magazine's top 100 leadership speakers to hire, also cited in the Meeting and Event Professionals Guide to the Top 100 Motivational Speakers, and named as one of the top 30 global leadership gurus. Dove is a man with a finger on the pulse of the evolving world of next-gen leadership. He is a best-selling author of several books. His latest book is Fiercely Loyal, How High-Performing Companies Develop and Retain Top Talent. He is the host of the national U.S. TV show Pursuing Deep Greatness with Dove Barron on Roku TV and the host of the number one podcast for Fortune 500 listeners globally. Dove Barron's leadership and loyalty show on iTunes and is carried on FM and AM radio stations across the U.S. He also writes for and has been featured in many industry magazines, including being featured on CNN, CBS, Small Business Pulse, CHRM, Yahoo Finance, Boston Globe, Business in Vancouver, U.S. Today, CEO, Entrepreneur, and many, many more. Dove Barron has been speaking internationally for over 30 years. Dove Barron has had the honor of presenting for many esteemed audiences, including U.S. Air Force, the Servant Leadership Institute, the World Business Conference in Turan, the State Department, and the United Nations. He is considered by many as a leading authority on authentic leadership. Dove is also the founder of Full Monty Leadership and the Authentic Speaker Academy for Leadership, and the global number one podcast for Fortune 500 leaders entitled Dove Barron's Leadership and Loyalty Tips for Executives. Outside of his speaking and training, Dove's work privately with multidisciplinary leaders and executive teams to build the bonds that create organizational cultures that become fiercely loyal. Dove Barron is the secret weapon for many top leaders. Clients rely on his guidance to grow themselves, their cultures, their companies, deal with crisis, and hear advice that they can't find elsewhere. Dove is a master of human dynamics, understanding 
understanding what consciously and unconsciously drives individuals and teams. He has the ability to bond individuals and teams in such a way that they become fiercely loyal. Through his global work, he learned from clients and colleagues alike that making decisions is both rational and emotional. Those most at risk of making poor decisions are people who are blind to the factors influencing them. Fortunately, many leaders want to understand their own leadership and improve. These are the leaders that call Dove. In June 1990, while free rock climbing, Dove Baron fell approximately 120 feet and landed on his face. The impact shattered most of the bone structure of his face, disintegrating some of his upper jaw and fracturing his lower jaw in four places. After nine reconstructive surgeries, no external evidence remains of the damage. However, the experience was life-changing. Before the fall, Dove had spent years building a reputation as a dynamic speaker and teacher in the field of personal and professional development. But it wasn't until years after the fall that he began to see the beauty and elegance of what had really happened, the return to his own core, what he calls his authentic self. Today, Dove has been sharing his wisdom and expertise privately and on international stages with professional leaders for more than 30 years. Dove's influence has created a massive social media platform with over 200,000 followers via Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, iTunes, etc. He has interviewed and worked with leaders featured on Oprah, Ellen, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, CBS, Huffington Post, Larry King, New York Times, Washington Post, Forbes, The Wall Street Journal, and many other top-rated media. Dove's Kill the Keynote campaign to change the speaking industry went viral to over 5 million people on social media. He is now speaking for some of Europe's wealthiest families at Scone Palace, Next Gen Leaders with Unleashed WD and The Legacy Show and top American C-suite leaders for the C-suite network. In addition to being an author and a radio host, Dove is also the leading expert on developing authentic leadership and he is the world's only corporate cultural momentum strategist, sorry, serving top performance individuals, corporations, and organizations to generate both exponential growth and fierce loyalty. His passion, mixed with humor, and get-to-the-point, no-BS style are contagious. Within moments, you will feel a genuine connection with a man who authentically walks his talk. Dove believes that the world needs more leaders who are authentically committed to living their purpose, standing in their truth, sharing their inner genius and empowering others to do the same. Dove's commitment is to take you by the hand and show you why tapping into your authentic self is the most important key to finding, developing, and retaining your top talent. Wow, Dove. <laughs> Welcome back. Oh, my back. God. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm ready to go for a nap. <laughs> I'm ready for a nap. It was my battle. <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, it's very impressive. And I mean, for somebody who's been doing what you've actively been doing for well over 30 years, of course, the bio is going to be as huge as what it is. And I'm sure it's already been skimmed. So how are you, my friend? I'm good, Lise. Thank you very much for inviting me to be here. I'm excited to be with you and your wonderful audience. Well, thank you. We're uh, so excited to have you back here. And the difference being following up, we're going to be doing a feature article on you, inclusive of the podcast link on Ariana Huffington's site, Thrive Global, which is why I wanted you back. Um, so I'm going to dive right in here. So, uh, you know, knowing a lot about... Oh, come you, on, can't you just read my bio for yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> so knowing you as well as I do, as somebody who we talk oftentimes behind the scenes, uh, yeah. for somebody who I've just, you know, I just think the world of you and you know that. Um, and I know your story very well. So I want to ask you a question. I don't know if it's been put to you uh, this way ever before, but I'm just going to come out and ask. So in terms of knowing two pivotal key moments that have happened to you and transpired in your life, one mentioned in the bio, 
I want to ask you what, in your opinion, Dove, what, what out of the two experiences was most cathartically transforming for you? Was it your dad walking out on you and your family with the parting words of you now being the man at the house or you falling 20 odd stories while free rock climbing and smashing your face to pieces? Mm. Um, I can't say which one was more impactful because uh, they were at such vastly different times in my life. Yeah. So the obviously the first one, I was a seven-year-old boy, and that was that really started the path of my life, and and really the birth of the feelings of of uh, imposter syndrome and feeling insignificant for the job at hand. Mm-hmm. But then um, falling off the mountain. Um, in 1990 getting smashed to pieces was a complete turning point um, from the path I'd been on again. So it was a redirection. I think that there are many of these that happen in our lives, not just my life, but there are these moments that we all need to stop and pay attention to and say, okay, hold on. What is, and my, my question to my clients is the same, which is what is this waking me up from? Mm -hmm. And what is this waking me up to? From is what you know. You've been in a you've been in a dream. You've been sleeping, uh, and you've been in a waking dream. Well, what is that waking dream? And if it were, if I was to wake up, what am I to wake up to? What do I need to be doing? Where do I need to be applying myself? And and sometimes that shows up as you well know, Lisa, better than most. It often shows up in in a painful situation. So I I do believe that those moments are often the the worst and most painful moments are the ones that later, not at the time, but later become the most transformative. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you and I are very synergistically aligned when it comes to purpose, because oftentimes people talk about, uh, you know, passion. Purpose is derived and birthed out of passion. You and I, I believe, have a very different philosophy based on, I think, our backstories, which would make us be cognizant of this. And so I believe, as I believe you do too, Dove, it's really birthed out of desperation. So I'm going to let you take the lead on that. Sure. Well, my book, uh, One Red Thread, um, explains that passion and purpose are vastly different things. Uh And uh, oftentimes people mistake passion for purpose. But here's the thing I want you to think about as you're listening to this right now. I want you to remember yourself at 17, 18, 19, even 20 years old and remember what you were passionate about. And there's a pretty good chance you're not passionate about that anymore. If you're a straight white guy or a straight guy, period, um, and you can think about that time of being 17, 18, 19 years old, I can tell you what you were passionate about. And if that was supposed to be your purpose, then we'd all be lining up outside of Victoria's Secret waiting for a job. <laughs> 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 that's not our purpose. That is our passion. It's transitory, and that's okay. So here's what I want you to think about. This is the context I use, and again, it's in my book, One Red Thread, and it's in my course all at once, and it's this. Passion is the vehicle that transports your purpose. Passion is transitory, meaning the vehicle can break down and you will need a new vehicle. If you're an entrepreneur, you've had many vehicles, but your purpose is always transported in the vehicle. Your purpose is always born of your pain, not of your passion. It is in the things that you have struggled with that you have a desire to change the world in some way, shape, or form. In a very minor or very major way, it doesn't matter. It's not about scale. Uh But you are here to make a difference in some way, shape, or form, and that is your purpose. 
and that purpose cannot be tied to anything other than your pain because human beings are motivated by two primary forces the desire for pleasure and pain the movement away from pain and the second one is far more powerful so purpose is different than passion beautiful i love how you succinctly uh, stated all that so thank you now one thing one thing i also love about you i mean there's so many too many things to count but um you know when you're doing your live stream videos when you're you know whatever your platform you always mm -hmm. go back to challenging people to be curious why yeah. curiosity specifically you know, it's a, it's a really great question, Lisa, um, because it has become a foundation of everything that I do. Um, mm -hmm. It's a piece of work that I'm working on right now for a book. Um, I mean, when you think about anything, think about falling in love the first time. Mm -hmm. You were deeply curious. You wanted to know everything about that person. You sat up till five o'clock in the morning when you were tired so you could learn more about that person. You were deeply curious. And when you fell out of love, you ceased to be curious. When you first went and studied a subject that you might be bored out of your mind with now, you were deeply curious. Curiosity is the catalytic process of the mind it's what allows us to grow and to develop it allows us to stay connected to love and to learning and the thing about it that's most important is this the number one most important thing to your ego mind is to be safe now just let me under let me help you understand what i mean by that your ego mind's job is to keep you safe the way it does that is by keeping things predictable what mm -hmm. does that mean by keeping things the same so it ceases to be curious. In fact, the mind is a deletion machine. It is always deleting out information. Your job is to reinstall that curiosity so you stay wide open to continue to learn. That's how you grow. That's how you develop it. That's how you become more alive in every sense. If you want to look at your life when you feel depressed, you are no longer curious. So stay curious, my friend. Stay curious. Bingo. Bullseye. Now, I know that you are curious about a vast array of things. Uh, you're forever curious. You're, I mean, you are. You are. You're one of the most curious people I know. And I love that about you. It keeps you really youthful. It keeps you really centered. It keeps you really in the zone. But yeah, generic... not bad for a 132-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> but the cream is working well. <laughs> But generically speaking, because there's such a myriad of subject matters and there's so many things that pique your particular level of interest, but generically speaking, what are you most consistently curious about yourself, Dove? Well, who, about me as a human being or? Yeah, well, whatever hat you wear within the question. Okay, well, you know, and I'm, I'm constantly curious about the primary drivers of human beings and that's what the basis of my work is i am always fascinated to discover what drives human beings and that's what i've dedicated my life to is understanding that because what i know is and it's not my opinion this is research and it's my, more than 30 years of my own work is that there is there is success beyond success but you don't know that until you reach that first level of success. So I'm fascinated by this desire to achieve and accumulate and then the complete disheartment with that, how people become, oh, my God, well, you know, what's next? And so really, if you want to put that into more colloquial terms, it is 
the actualization of human beings. What is it that makes us go from one level of development to the next? And what I found is without doubt, it's always curiosity and the lack of curiosity is what stalls us. So I'm always fascinated by that. And that shows up for me, as you know, Lisa, in, in the form of politics, in the form of art, in the form of comedy, in movies, it's in all of those weird and wonderful things that I'm fascinated in is, is I'm looking for these primary drivers in human beings. Beautiful. Well, one thing that you touched upon subject matter wise, this dates back, I'd say probably at least a couple years ago, but it's always resonated with me and I cite it quite regularly and I always give you credit for it, is when you have debunked and demystified the word, the definition, the concept, the misnomer of humble. What is <laughs> humble? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this will upset a few folks, but hey, that's good for fun. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, you're not a disruptor. No, I, I've never been that me. I'm, never. I'm easy, very easy going. Um, so <laughs> if the word humble is, is a Judeo-Christian term um, that we have adopted, and we've adopted it without fully understanding what the word means. Mm -hmm. So if I say, Lisa, um, are you a good radio host? And you say, I freaking rock. I'm the best, right? Yeah. And then some people would say, well, that's not very humble. And I would say, no, actually, that's very humble. Yes. And they would say, that's ridiculous. That's big-headed. No, nope, it's not. And so the reason for that is this, is because the word humble doesn't mean what we think it means. It comes from an Aramaic word. And in the Aramaic word, what it means is God first or the divine first. So when somebody says to you, oh, you're really good, and you go, yeah, I'm, I'm okay, thanks. What actually you're saying is you're denying that divine force that runs through you. That is a disrespect to that force. So when somebody says to you, you're really spectacular at this, the only answer is thank you. Mm -hmm. Because when somebody says to me, you're an amazing speaker, I say thank you. And people say, What's your, you know, what is your best tip for, for being an amazing speaker like you? And my answer is I get out of the way. Yes. Because that's the humble, is to get out of the way and let it flow through you because it is not me. But if I deny that it comes through me, I am disrespectful to that divine force. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, something that you've also said um, quite consistently, but I think it was more recently, I it, it came to the surface again within your social media platforms. And it was... So Ren, your queen, uh, yes. you know, your counterpart, and you had done uh, kind of like a questionnaire with her. You wanted her to evaluate you on a scale of one to 10 in various oh, categories. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about number seven. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, what I call it is the seven trap. So yeah. the seven trap, we were, just to give everybody sort of a picture of the story, uh, this was early on in our marriage and we were driving uh, across Vancouver Island, which is about a five hour drive. And it's a pretty windy, beautiful uh, road. And we're driving down this road. And I'm working on an exercise for a program for one of our public programs. And I said, would you help me out with this exercise? She said, sure. I said, I'm going to say something. And what I want you to do is to score me on a scale of 1 to 10 based on the word I use. And she's like, well, I don't know if I understand. But OK, we'll try it. And I said, OK, so example, kindness. You'd write down on a piece of paper what you would score me for that. 
and then I'll I'll think about what it is, but I'm driving, so obviously I'm not going to write it. And then when you're written, I'll just say what I've scored myself, and then you can flash the card and show me what you. She's okay, yeah, I get that. So, you know, I go through a whole bunch of things like kindness and integrity and, you know, a whole range of subjects, you know, sense of humor, whatever it might be, and ask her to score me. And so I say the word, she writes it down. Once she's written down, I can't see it. She says, okay. And then I score myself, and then she flashes the card, and we wanted to see if there's a match. Now, the reason for this is to the part of the um, design of it was to allow people to have, get a sense of self-awareness around the people who know them. Mm-hmm. So throughout this, uh, the exercise, I was doing pretty awesome, and I was feeling pretty <laughs> proud of myself and like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, 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 I'm very enlightened, you know. <laughs> And I was so busy climbing on top of my pedestal, feeling spectacular. <laughs> and um, then I finally said to my wife, I said, um, living my purpose. So she writes down a number and she says, OK. And I said, uh, well, you know, I'd give myself a nine. I mean, there's always room for improvement, but I think I'm pretty great. I'll give it a nine. And she and I said, what about you? And she said, uh, doesn't matter what I put. So what do you mean it doesn't matter? We've been doing this thing the whole drive, of course it matters. She goes, no, it doesn't matter. I said, of course it matters. I trust your opinion. Now I'm getting frustrated, a bit pissed <laughs> off. Like, come on, what's going on? She's like, no, it doesn't matter. I said, I want to know what you wrote. Mm-hmm. So she looks at me and she goes, you won't like it. And I go, it doesn't matter. Show it to me. So she flips the card, flashes it at me. And I look at her and go, now remember I'm driving and suddenly I could have gone off the road. I look at her <laughs> and I go, seven. Seven. I mean, like my voice went up three octaves, and my tongue went into my throat. Seven? Are you kidding me? Who do you know who lives more on purpose than me? A freaking seven? Are you kidding? Uh huh. Wife very calmly looks at me and says, "Dal, you're an eleven compared to most people, but to I love me, that. because I know you." And I know what you're capable of. You're a seven. You're playing a small game. And mm-hmm. I went, oh. Like I always say, that's one of the reasons I married this woman. Like yes. she's And what I say about that is very simply this. Just because the world would give you a nine or a 10 or an 11 out of 10 doesn't mean it's real. You have to know where you're playing small. And in the words of my great friend, Mark Levy, who is uh, one of the top branding guys in the world, and he says, if you're not inspired by you, even if you inspire everybody else, you're not inspiring. Love that. How true Mm -hmm. is that? Beautiful. Beautiful. Now, you know, I can't recall if this is something we had previously discussed, but it's something that, you know, for somebody who's always at the echelon of their game, for somebody who's always playing a bigger game, um, and the answer could always change. So it's kind of irrelevant whether I asked you this previously or not. But, you know, oftentimes because of our backstories, uh, what motivates us, what inspires us, uh, it, it's oftentimes the notion of even if it's silently or secretly within ourselves, it's about proving people wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like, you know, fuck you. You didn't think I could aspire to anything. You thought you were going to take me down, whatever the case may be. At what point within your career, if that was in fact ever your mindset 
once upon a time. At what point and what was the event or what was the circumstance where you perhaps crossed over, Dove, and you thought, no, it's not about proving anyone wrong. It's really more or less about proving myself right and doing that continuously. You know, it's it's interesting because even in what you said before, Reese, um, I am seen as disruptive. I am seen as rebellious. Uh-huh. Um, and yet that is never my motivation. That isn't uh-huh. actually what drives me at all. So uh-huh. there's, I'm not really particularly driven by that. I can think of a particular occasion where I was driven by that. And I can only think of one occasion where I was driven by that. And that's it. And I'll tell you exactly what that occasion was. So just uh-huh. to be completely transparent. Um, I was 16 years old. Just 16 years old. And... Um, I went to my mom and I said, I'd like your permission to get married because at 16, you have to have parental consent. Mm-hmm. And my mother foolishly said no. Um, now, my mother knew who I was and she knew uh, I had shared my dreams. I'd made the commitment to leave the UK when I was 14 years old. Um, I was already studying. I was already um, learning from great teachers by the time I was 16. I already had my first business. So I had talked about running businesses, traveling, studying, and doing all those kinds of things. But I came to my mom and said, I want your permission to get married. And my mom said no. And I went, okay, fine. And that motivation <laughs> to prove her wrong. She, you know, it was a stupid idea. You're too young, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to prove you wrong. So what did I do? I took my mom to court. (laughs) I spoke for myself. And the judge was Judge Leslie Walsh, who's a very famous judge uh, back in my hometown. He had put my father briefly in jail overnight and put my stepfather in jail for a couple of weeks. So I knew who he was. And I was stood in front of him, pretty terrified. And he asked why I was there. And I told him. And at the end of, you know, he, he asked me to explain myself. I did. And at the end of it, he said, you are the most articulate intelligent 16 year old I've ever heard and if you're stupid enough to get married who am I to stop you and gave me a <laughs> <little> step. <laughs> so, so as far as I know that you know I think that's the only time I've really been truly motivated by a screw you this is I'm going to do but there's always been a part of me on the other side which is I cannot live by their rules Yes. And that's not a that's not an F you. It's just I cannot live by their rules. I I am I, I I have this thing in me that's that's bigger than me. It's you know, and I just I feel like I'm suffocating if I don't express it. So it's not about screw you, although I've had plenty of reasons to say that. It's just this I mean, I again a second chance of that was when I fell off the mountain. And got smashed up and they said you'll never walk and you'll certainly never bodybuild and you'll certainly never do squats again and you know oh you, or you might walk but you'll never do squats or any of those things you know and within a year i was i was squatting uh 450 pounds and i was leg pressing 1100 pounds doing things that were impossible but you know that's that's an internal driver it wasn't really about them at all wow well, let me ask you this, Dove, because oftentimes people who are top-tier performers, people who are constantly executing, banging out stuff uh, mm-hmm. day after day, week after week, year after year, you know, that comes from either a host of really honed rituals, mantras, proclamations, declarations, a daily regimen, uh, certain content, certain mentors, coaches, whatever. What is it for you outside of Ren? 
that keeps you on the straight and narrow in terms of being in the zone? What are your daily discipline rituals? Um, I, it's a good question. I think it's an important question. Uh, I think for me, curiosity is right up there. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is um, I read every day for at least an hour a day. Um, I meditate. I work out. So those are all part of my my rituals. Um, I read it. I meditate multiple times a day because sometimes I'll just go. I'm just going to take three minutes and I'll just do a breathing meditation, a prana yoga exercise. Um, but learning and reading is very, very, very high for me. And also expressing. So you know, you were saying about you know I produce all this content, but that's actually a creative outlet for me. So yes. I have do that you know so when i met the person who runs my 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 marketing team um she when she went and did a uh, an evaluation of all the work that i had sort of a, a stock take if you will of it all and she said oh you don't have to do anything for three years you've got enough content and i was like well that's great but it's not going to stop me producing content mm -hmm. because it's just what i do the uh, the you know i'm watching a movie last night it was a great movie um, a historical movie and it inspired me to think about something else and my wife looks over at me and she goes you're not you know enjoying the film I go it's a great film and she goes but you're on your phone I go no I'm taking the note yeah so, so for me it's like I have to do that I it, I can't not do that I can't not express um it, when I was younger you know 20 years ago it was I always had a sketch pad and I would always be drawing now I tend to be more writing uh it's not better it's just it's just the medium I have now. Beautiful. And so what is it that you're forecasting in terms of your own growth, your own development, your own projects, collaborations for 2020? What's upcoming for you, Dove? Uh, well, um, well, I have uh, quite a bit going on. We've just I know got, you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've got a couple of things going on. Just a couple. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, three launches in the first quarter. So, mm -hmm. um, launch of my brand new book, One Red Thread, will be coming out as a physical book. It was an ebook that has been expanded out as uh, probably my most popular ebook, but it's been expanded out and really I've gone into more depth with it. That's coming out in the first quarter. Um, my new digital course, All at Once, um, is being made available at the beginning of the year for 2020 um, on ClickBank. Um, so that's coming out. That's a, a digital course in how to find your purpose and how to live your purpose and um, actually give it in visual, video modules. It's, it's an amazing course, really great. I'm very excited about delivering that. Um, I have a brand new podcast that we've developed and uh, designed that's coming out uh, also in the first quarter of the year. Um, that is actually called Curiosity Bites. Um, it's completely different than my Leadership and Loyalty podcast. And it's where I'm actually um, interviewing people who you may not like, may not agree with, um, because I think that the premise of the, the podcast is very simple. We, In order to solve the problems of the world, we have to start listening to people we disagree with and seeing them as more human. Bingo. Uh, we, we tend to see people in a single facet and they're not. So those are the three main things I've got going on. Aside from that, uh, for 2020, um, a complete corporate uh, rebranding, we're doing that. We've been working with a team to get that done. And then on top of that, uh, my grandson is arriving from Australia, and I'm taking him to L.A. to meet some of my music friends because he's a professional musician. Um, <laughs> and 
Aside from that, um, I am beginning the work on a co-authoring book with uh, another author um, uh, based on my book, uh, What Growing Up Poor Taught Me About uh, Success, Wealth and Leadership. And we're going to co-author on that. Um, mine is from the background of ha having been born in a ghetto, very poor, and his is from being born into a very famous wealthy family and so we're going to look at the misconcepts that we both learned and how to how we brought those together in leadership he's also a leader so Brilliant. those are just a couple of the things we got going on just a couple things just going couple on in dove's world <laughs> it's, you know, it's a pretty laid back year <laughs> absolutely well listen i mean as somebody who is um you know who who gravitates towards things that are controversial as somebody who is a disruptor as somebody who's always encouraging people to really get curious which means looking at alternative perspectives that yeah. may not be their their frame of reference for themselves or their filter or whatever the case may be what do you believe when you know whether it be the feedback that you've received whether it be clients who are initially they've got some resistance before they turn over and embrace and surrender how do you feel that you've been misunderstood? Oh, God. Um, well, I mean, I think that's, that's a good question. Uh, I think I'm misunderstood uh, at a simple level because of the way I look. You know, I look like I've been punched in the face or I might punch you in the face. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I look like I'm tough. Um, and because I'm very direct and I'm very straight with people, yeah. and so people take that as aggression, and that's such a massive misdirect of who I am. Yeah, uh, I'm very clear. Absolutely, I've done a lot of work on myself over the last 147 years to be clear, um, and I'm very direct. And I'm, and yes, I'm fairly knowledgeable about what I know. Um, but I'm anything but aggressive. Um, I am certain about some things and I'll hold my ground about those. But uh, the number one thing about me is that if anybody who knows me and you do, Lisa, of course, um, mm -hmm. anybody who knows me knows that at my base, everything is about kindness, compassion, love, caring, uh, mm -hmm. and, and of course, curiosity, but really just understanding the kindness in human beings. You know, I think that when we look at the world and what's, you know, I talked about what we need is to, is to, to learn from those that we disagree with, but really what does that come down to? It comes down to the willingness to, to see kindness in another, the willingness to see that. So I'll give you an example. There is, um, there's somebody I interviewed recently on my show and somebody asked me about this person. I won't give any names, of course, uh, asked me about this person and said, you know, what was it like to interview this person? This person is is a very famous leader. I mean, you know, a lot of TV, a lot of big media, a lot of, you know, several books, uh, ran up massive organizations. It's done some mm -hmm. pretty powerful stuff. And, and a very good friend of mine uh, said to me, you know, what did you think of this person? And I said, uh, well, this person is pretty slippery. And they said, what do you mean? I said, well, it was very difficult to get anything of any real substance out of this person. It's really very much the rhetoric. And I don't like doing those kind of interviews. And they said, did that annoy you? And I said, yeah, initially it annoyed me. Mm -hmm. But after about a minute and a half, it didn't. And they said, well, what changed? And I said, because I could see this person was such a deeply wounded child. Mm. By the way, this person is almost 70 years old. 
uh, this person was such a deeply wounded child um, that she desperately wanted her dad's love and couldn't get it, so she's overperformed in every possible way. And and I felt for her. I felt mm-hmm. deep sadness for her. Um, so that that tough guy part of me is is a perception, but it's not a reality. And anybody who knows me knows that about me. Uh, you know, my my good friends always say, uh, you know, it's interesting. You, you know this, Lisa. My 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 bride, my queen, Ranuka, is um, a curvaceous brown woman um, mm-hmm. who. Uh, whose name means Mother Earth. Her name is Ranuka. Her name means Perfect. Mother Earth. And she's, she, she is just this incredibly nurturing woman. Mm-hmm. But anybody who knows the two of us together, who took trainings with the two of us, because my wife uh, co-facilitates with me, will always say, yeah, after they've been through training, yep, Dove's a softie, it's Ren. They wow. know. <laughs> if, 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 the, if the Ren laser lands on you, you know, <laughs> There's a little bit of uh, shrinky, shrinky ner- nervousness. There's a little bit of tweaking in the shrinky. <laughs> right? Because Ren is like, you know, she's like that laser beam that comes in on yes. you. Yes. So it's oftentimes, you know, it's it's a physical perception. So here's Ren and she's curvy, the big boobs and the big smile and the big brown eyes and all that. And, you know, it looks like Mother Nature herself. Mm-hmm. And then there's me who looks like I've been punched in the face. And so the perception <laughs> is, of course, that. But the truth is that... Who we are is not the surface of who we are. There's much more to us. Absolutely. Well, another thing that I love about you, Dove, is, you know, when we talk about BS meters, I mean, yours Mm. is so spot on, right? (laughs) I mean, I mean, honestly, if you give a, a, if you give a compliment, it's genuine. If you give constructive criticism, it's genuine. People always know where they stand with you because you never deviate from who you truly are, um, which I love about you. So if we, if we look at the industry, the space, whether we're talking about the culture of leadership, can you give us an example of BS meter magnified? You mean where I see it in leadership? Yeah. Oh, everywhere. (laughs) Uh, Everywhere. Let's get get specific. Well, I mean, I think that, um, you know, The sad thing is that we live in a polarized world and it's becoming more polarized. So we're seeing, uh, so, you know, people who know me would certainly call me a liberal, um, that I'm very much about, you know, taking care of people and and, uh, and all those kinds of things. But, you know, I also think that I'm I'm pissed off with these liberal snowflakes who are offended by everything. I mean, Jesus Christ, get over it. You know, they're offended by everything, right? It just is, it's insane. Yes. Um, and I, and listen, I, I'm the guy who started the, the hashtag me, um, he for she. Yes, right? you I, did. I'm su- I support women. I, I support women in leadership. I'm all about those things. But for crap's sake, just get over being offended by everything because you have to take into consideration intent. I was born Jewish. I was the only Jew in my school. I know what prejudice is. I got beat up every day as a kid because of it. I understand it. My mates were packies, and there were all kinds of names that we're not allowed to use anymore. And I still have Indian friends who were not Pakistani, who I still call a Paki, and they still call me a tight-ass Jew. Neither of us are offended because there's no intent to offend. So right. you've got to get over all this. Because we stop looking at people and we start 
uh, assigning meaning. You know, uh, I'm trying to remember his name now. He's running uh, in the United States. It'll come to me in a moment. But, and he's a Chinese guy, and he's running. He's running for president. You know, and and somebody said something about uh, Asian Americans, and he was like, "Yeah, okay, so what?" And and now the liberals came after him, and the, you know that he should be offended. Don't tell me what I should be offended about. Exactly. I don't. You don't get to do that. So there's. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the name, number of the proposition that's forgotten in Canada. There's a prop that was put forward that dictates that I have to use he, she, they, their, uh, you know, one of the 90-odd. Um, <laughs> God, I mean, it's, it's insane because it it makes legal my free right. And I don't I will never support that. You know, Jordan Peterson is seen as a right wing oh, guy. Oh, I love because, him. But he's seen as right wing because he will not because he will not let them dictate how he should speak. And I am totally in favor of that. So yeah. does that make me right wing? Of course not. Does it make me left wing? Of course not. What it makes me is a human being who gives a shit about hum other human beings and believes in our right to free speech. And for me, it's very simple. The moment your free speech is gone. You're done. It's over. Whatever you think is democracy is done. Mm -hmm. So that, sadly, you know, when the, the rise of the right, and people talk about this, and I was on a very powerful interview about this recently, and somebody asked me, what do you, why do you believe there's been such a rise of the right? And I said, it's really simple. It's fed by the left. And they go, that's a pretty controversial thing to say. Yeah, well, it might be, but it's still true. How, <laughs> how can you say that, Dove? Well, it's real simple. If everybody's offended by everything, then everybody ends up being a victim. And, yes. and psychologically, this is, you know, because you know my background is in psychology. Psychologically, if we all feel like victims, then that plays into a mentality where we must have a hero. We have to have somebody who will save us. And then along comes some lunatic with, with a bad tan. And, and a bad hairdo and says, I can save you, right? And so people jump on the freaking bandwagon, not because that person is a hero and not because they can save them, but because they're all running the mentality that they're victims. So the right feeds the left and the left feels, feeds the right. It's a circle. It's not polar. It's a circle. And until we take back our own power and say, hold on a second, I'm responsible for my life. And yes, you have been through some things that really suck and I feel for you. Mm -hmm. and, and and I will in no way demean anything that you've been through. And at the same time, ask for help. Stop playing that you're, you know, nothing touches you and you're okay. And stop playing the victim because those are the polarities. Sure. Nothing bothers me or I'm a victim. Those are the polarities. The truth of the matter is you are responsible for your life. And sometimes that sucks. Yep. Bingo. Are you a little red in the face? Because you're sounding a little hot under the collar, Dev. Love it. <laughs> I'm a pretty, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I, I'm, I don't get very impassioned about things. You know? No, not at all. Not at all. That's, that's not why you're one of my favorite people. Not at all. <laughs> but, um, so, I mean, you're clearly somebody who embodies living fearlessly. And it means different things to different people, including different, you know, when we talk about leadership, when we talk about um success i mean everybody's got their own interpretation definition but what does living fearlessly mean to you dove you know that is a great question because that's a conversation that uh, my wife and i have been having lately um i have often said that uh um i got corrected on this by the way i often said that my wife is one of the most fearless people i've ever met and, and uh, my wife and i were having a discussion about it she goes 
you know, I want you to know something. And I said, what? She goes, I'm not fearless. Mm. And I go, well, of course you're not. I mean, everybody has some level of fear. She goes, no, no. You see, and she has these, I mean, like I said, my wife is a brown kid who uh, was born in Fiji, who uh, moved to a, a small town in Canada where she was, the, her family were the only brown people in the entire town. So she got a lot of racism and she also got racism while she lived in Fiji because she was a brown girl. She was Indo-Fijian and the Fijian kids would bully the, the Indo-Fijians. So yeah. she grew up with all that. And mm -hmm. these amazing stories uh, of things that she did where she was insanely courageous, like beyond imagining seven years old and courageous, uh, just um, amazing things. And she said, you know, here's the thing, Dove. I may have been incredibly courageous, but I was never fearless. Hmm. I always knew my fear. I mm -hmm. felt the fear, but I took what I needed to do and I did it anyway. And yes. for me, that is the best definition I've ever understood. I mean, it was, it's, it's like she said, you know, I was peeing my pants, but I was still going to do it. Love it. And that for me is like, that is what it's about. And then to bring that into the context of everybody, uh, meaning me and you, Lisa, and each one of the people listening, it's this. Courage is subjective. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is there are things that I do every day that you would go, oh, my God, how do you do that? That's so courageous. Honestly, it's not. Mm -hmm. It's just what I do. Mm -hmm. But there are things you do that you think are just every day that would scare the crap out of me. True. And this is the thing we've all got to grasp. We look at people through our lenses. We look at the world through our own lenses. This is why we have struggles, is we're always seeing the world through our own filters, through our own lenses, through our own biases. But we don't understand that nobody lives in your world but you. Mm -hmm. So when you see something that looks courageous, understand that it's probably not for that person. You don't, you don't base your courage on theirs. You base your courage on yours. Love it was that. incredibly courageous for me to cross a room when I was a single guy in my early 20s to cross a room and ask a girl to dance. I would be freaking out. I would be just so terrified. And people find that hard to believe, but it was true. I would be terrified to do that. My mate would do that all the time. And he'd say to me, you're better looking than me. Why don't you go across the room? Why don't you go talk to him? Because I was terrified. But I did things like he would never do. I would start businesses on a whim and do things that he thought, oh, my God, that's crazy. So please understand, courage is subjective and it's personal. Don't judge your courage by someone else's. Give yourself respect and honor that you are doing amazing things. Challenge yourself to do the things that are fearful to you, even if everybody else thinks it's easy. It doesn't matter what they think challenge yourself you are here to live a bigger life and you can only do that if you stay curious and courageous brilliant brilliant so being cognizant of time i want to talk about the other subject that i love to talk about uh legacy and so legacy means different things to different people and because you wear a myriad of hats because you are so accomplished because there's so much room for how you how bigger you want to play your game every single day Everyone who has met you, cross paths with you, regardless of the status of the relationship or the circumstance or the situation or the reason, everyone's going to remember you very differently uh, based mm -hmm. on that situation. How 
If it was left up to you, though, in terms of impressing upon people what you would most wish to be remembered for, what would that be? <coughs> Excuse me. That would be my purpose. Yep. And my purpose, um, so in the purpose work, we do, uh, I do this with individuals, we do it with companies and organizations. And there are two forms of purpose. There is the internal purpose and there is the external purpose. The internal purpose is for yourself and the external purpose is for the world. It's what you share with the world. I would hope that my legacy is both, my external and my internal. My external purpose is, and the way to think of it is uh, what you would want them to say at your funeral if they were going to say something ideal. So mine is very simple. Dove was a courageous man who lived his life on purpose, assisting others in living their purpose. And as a result, he impacted the lives of those whose names he would never know and whose names and who may never know his name. That's my external purpose. My internal purpose is always hard to say. And this is the work that I do. It's part of laid out in one red thread and, and in all at once the course. But it's this, your internal purpose um, should be quite terrifying. Uh, I still am very uncomfortable saying it even after all these years uh, because it feels too big. It feels egoic. It feels like, you know, a bragging. It feels like uh, I can't really say that. It's too much. Mm -hmm. But that is that I am a father to men. Yes. Yes. That's my legacy. And and people don't understand that because they think it's about men, as in the gender. It's mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. It's understanding what it is, what is the psychological elements of being a dad and then being that to everybody I meet. Absolutely. Beautiful. And that brings that back to full circle about humble, right? Mm -hmm. So anytime you, you have that little, that little inclination where it's like, oh, is this deviating? Is this going to be misconstrued? Are people going to think this is narcissistic or whatever? That's when you cue yourself and you have that download of, nope, this is humble. And I understand what humble actually truly means. And that's it, right? So the, the, the conflict internally is the, 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 is the world's idea of what humble is. Yep. And then, and then the truth which is that the divine first that I came here to do something far bigger than me. And that is to be a father to men. Now, mm -hmm. am I, and here's the thing about an internal purpose. Am I ever going to fulfill it? The answer is no. Mm -hmm. I, if you have a true authentic, um, internal purpose, you will not fulfill it. That's mm -hmm. not the, the job is not to fulfill it. The job is to live your life in service of it. Yes. Brilliant. Absolutely. And so again, being cognizant of time, Dove, you know, for the listening audience who are deriving so much yumminess out of every single thing that we've uh, been able to touch upon today, all profound, all pivotal, all worth soaking up, sponging up. Um, what would be the one takeaway that you hope the listening audience, the podcast subscribers, knowing this is an international show, what mm -hmm. out of everything you believe in, subscribe to, are impressing and imparting upon everybody, what's the one takeaway you hope people walk away from having listened to you today? The one takeaway I would hope that everybody gets is to get curious about yourself. And what I mean by that is not just self-knowledge, that's important, not just self-development, that's, that's also important. But understand that there is no there, which mm. means that that curiosity has got to continue. Mm 
And what if, as big as you're playing, and as much as they applaud you, and as much as they tell you you're amazing, what if the game you're playing is small? What would happen if you got truly curious about the real reason you came to the planet? What if it's not the reason you think? What if it's far bigger than that? If you got really curious and fell in love with curiosity, what would happen to your life? Because here's the thing, as long as you play small, people are suffering. Yes, yes, beautiful. Well, I want to give you an opportunity to not only let people know where they can connect with you, have an initial consultation, where they can buy your books, where they can book you for speaking or become a prospective guest on your uh, number one podcast. Um, but I would also like for you to say, uh, you've got the floor here. Is there anything that I did not touch upon that is very important in this interview that you initiate expressing to the listening audience? Yeah, there's one thing. Um, if you're a regular listener to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, the question is, are you subscribed? If you are, Aww. have you reviewed the show? <laughs> if you haven't, why not? Go do it. And then share the show with everybody else. Because here's the deal. Podcasting, I know because I'm a podcaster, I've been doing that for 12 years, is a pretty one-way thing. And oftentimes, we don't know what you're getting out of it. So here's the thing you need to do. Write a review, subscribe to the show, share it with others, let other people know about it, and then write to Lisa. You can, you can, and by the way, you can, you can write to me, dov, D-O-V, at dovbaron.com, D-O-V, at D-O-V-B-A-R-O-N.com, and tell us both what you got out of this episode, and more importantly, what you're going to do with it. You write to us both. Tell us what you got out of this and what you're going to do with it. But please, Rate, review, subscribe to the show, share it with others because Lisa brings in amazing guests for you. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about, I mean, just look at this lineup. It's insane. She has the highest quality guests. It's a phenomenal show. Make sure that you share it with others because this is, this is making a massive impact and you get to be part of that difference that can be made. Please go do that. Like I said, you can write to Lisa, write to me, tell us what you got out of this episode. Write to Lisa, tell her what you got out of other episodes. <laughs> Do that. We need to know. It's important. And if I can help you, if there's some way I can serve you, you can certainly reach out to me through that email address. Or you can go to my website, which is fullmontyleadership.com. And there you can find out about my podcast. You can find out about my books. You can find 700 articles my YouTube channel and all the other books and audios and videos and courses and all that. That's there. Fullmontyleadership.com. You're something else. I never know where to begin thanking you because your laundry list of generosity is limitless. It's endless and it's always incoming and forthcoming. I just want to say thank you. I'm, you know, I, I really am blessed to know you, Dove. I mean, I can't believe it's been five years. It feels like I've known you for like 10 lifetimes. And then sometimes it feels <laughs> like I've, like we just met yesterday and it's just, but you're one of those people who resonates with pretty much everybody who I know, who I respect, who uh, you know, really looks at the substance of people, really looks at the depth of people, really looks at all the things that truly glaringly matter in this, you know, universe. Um, and I just want to say for the ways that you have enriched my life, impacted my life, uh, fulfilled me, grown me, expanded me, I, I just can't say thank you enough. And we're constantly playing back and forth with resources. And I just want to say as well, you've sent me some really impressive, um, really great, credible 
people who I have really come to be enamored with, admire, respect, uh, have developed close kinships with. Uh, so I want to thank you for sending Jamie Mustard my way, Lolly Daskal, uh, Philip Strutt. I mean, the list goes on. I just want to say thank you. And to know that these are the people who you're immersed with and you're always sharing the resources out because you want everybody to, it's a win-win dynamic, you know, it's mm -hmm. a win-win scenario and you're always about paying it forward and being of services. So for the ways in which you are continuously being generous, not only to me, but to everyone else, I just want to say thank you. I, I mean, your, your currency and humanity is, is beyond gold. Well, thank you, Lisa. That's very kind. And of course, you're only saying that because it's true about you. And, you know, people Aww. maybe not don't know that about you, but you are extremely generous. You are a resource to me. And I'm grateful for your friendship and for your love and for all the things that you do. You're always there for me, too. So I sincerely appreciate it. Well, thank you, Dove. I appreciate that. And unfortunately, we've got to wrap up, but that doesn't mean that you don't have an open standing invitation. You're always welcome to come back on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. And I'm just going to, you know, reciprocate in kind what Dove was saying about listeners contacting both of us, letting us know what your takeaways were, what your feedback is, how you were perhaps playing small, how you can take your own game to another level. Uh, and I would encourage you to go listen to Dove's podcast. I would invite you to reach out to him. He's a phenomenal speaker. Very very articulate, very well sought out by all the big people in the industry. Um, your reputation supersedes just most people's. So I just want to say to the listening audience, thank you once again for taking time out of your own hectic schedules for joining myself and Dove Barron here on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I'm very exceptionally clear on my purpose. My purpose is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Until next Friday, once we are joined by another phenomenal guest, I want to, in the meantime, wish you a phenomenal, safe weekend. Love and gratitude to all of you and to you as well, Doug. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and AHA That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.